Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. This is my friend Andre Royal, um, Chef oh, Andre, Chef Royal. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has multiple names, which makes mm -hmm. me wonder. And none of them are aliases. <laughs> not, yeah, none <laughs> aliases. He just has a lot of names. And you guys, tonight our show is sponsored by the Hydrate Bar. Have you ever been to the Hydrate Bar? No, I've been wanting to. It is so cool because Chelsea and her crew are really great. And what it is for people like, I mean, anybody. So for one, if we have a hangover, you know, mm -hmm. if we're like having a discussion and we drink that much, the next day you can go in there and that's how it all started. So you get this intravenous vitamin mix and it makes you feel better. But for people like me also that run and do all kinds of activity, a lot of you most sports people use it. Go in there, you sit there for a half hour, it gives you solution, you know, water, hydrates, mm -hmm. but then they put vitamins and stuff like that in it too. So yeah. um, they said it makes me look better, but I've never, I don't think that one works. <laughs> well, you know, I so, need to hydrate more. That's, that's, sure. that's right. Well, I'm kind of scared of needles. I'll so. talk to you. Well, I know. You get, once you do it the first time, you know, it's a little weird and then you get going. But Chelsea is really good about supporting any kind of show and she loves when we're having conversation. Thank you. And that's what the two of us are doing tonight. We're just going to have a black and white conversation because Andre and I are both, let's start this way. We both have concerns about what we see going on in culture right now. And what is your concern? I, I want you to have the, the forefront on this. Well, for me, it's, it's relatively simple. My concern is, you know, I think there needs to be a little more diversity in thought. Um, not just diversity, but diversity in thought. We need to be able to come to agreements and disagreements and not just conclusions. You know, I think that's the easy thing to do is to align yourself with a particular train of thought and or ideology or camp. And me personally, I like to leave some room to grow and um, also leave room for, for others. So, you know, have honest conversations that aren't just coercion, you know, not like a contrived narrative or some forced dialogue with the expectation of, but just genuine conversation back and forth. So when you say diversity of thought, that's a really interesting concept because right now it seems to me um, that there's a message and then we're supposed to follow that message. And if you don't, then we get canceled. Yes, canceled. Um, now also deplatformed, like there's whole um, <laughs> means of communicating that people are getting barred from, censored, whatever your, your go-to word is. Um, it's, it's all in play. And I think, you know, there should be social accountability, but not as much social suppression and critical thinking and conversations that are, that need to be a little bit more organic. You know, how, what was the last time you remember having a conversation with someone that wasn't based off something coming through their newsfeed, right. um, that wasn't spoon fed to them by you know, some kind of other trending topic. Like I remember having whole entire conversations that were based off community, not just water cooler talk, just just things that happen naturally, not, you know, what's the what's the buzzword and what's the trigger of the day? Well, does it feel to you sometimes like that we're trapped in this thing where I mean I feel as a white man that I'm there's a group of people that are discounting me right off the bat because of my color of my skin. Mm -hmm. And so then how am I supposed to get involved in a conversation 
And then honestly, even you, like even before, because I've had you on before and I've had other people of black people on my show before. And then people say, oh, what did you do? Go find a black friend. Right. So it's like you can't I feel like I can't win even when I'm trying to do something um, to really learn. I want I want white people in my audience. I want Latinos. I want gay, lesbian. I want people to learn how do we get along better? But I, I'm it, it's like I'm there's always somebody ready to just go. <laughs> Well, this yeah. is which. What this is why you're doing that. I mean, right. Well, you know, everyone's in a, a rush to be right and correct, and like I want to first put out the disclaimer out there. Um, I'm not the black almanac. I don't expect anyone to be, nor do I expect for Rick to be the all-knowing um, position on everything that is white or Caucasian or whatever, whatever phrase you want to use to distinguish and put us in different camps. Like we started a conversation. God, two months like as people and yeah. you know we've known each other for years back and forth and i think it's it's uh, kind of hilarious because the comment section when i announced i was going to be on your show people were like already trying to prepare me to go into the lion's den and it's like i wonder how many people actually know me know how i feel or even bother to take the opportunity to try like one i'm, I'm kind of private but I'm very public and I think there's a responsibility of being in the public eye that can be dehumanizing and really prevent you from being able to say and speak honestly. And do you feel like as a black man mm -hmm. that you can't really say what you would say if somebody would just that you can't just lay it out there? You have to walk on eggshells a little bit. I think I could. I think I could say what I wanted to say, but there's consequences to that. I'm just not cavalier with my words because I know where I'm at, you know, and where I'm at, you know, it's not as supportive as people think it is. And I don't mean in a way like, oh, they're not as supportive of what? Of actual diversity in action. When I say that, like, you know, you know me, I do events, I do event planning, I do a lot of things out in the community, and a lot of people that would be supportive. They always have stipulations attached. It's like, well, we'll wait and see how this pans out. Well, what does he believe first? We want to support you, but we don't want to give the impression of, and we'll just, you know, take the whole um, the mask thing in consideration. We want to support you publicly, but we don't want to look like we're supporting public events. And I have, you know, these are city council folks. These are people who are actually in government and stuff, you know, talking with me saying kudos to you for taking a step forward we just don't know how to proceed because like we have our constituents and everybody else to think about and we don't want to appear in any kind of way that there can be some sort of backlash and we're upsetting the, the the masses and i think that causes a lot of other people to be quiet so do you think we're too careful I think there's reason to be concerned. Some people just have too much time on their hands and like, you know, it's not good enough to disagree. Like you got to ruin Tear someone's career. Right. You got to ruin their legacy. You got to make sure their kids go hungry. Like, you know, there's, there's people who are just vehemently against um, the idea of disagreement. Like they're so vested in being Right. And maybe it started out as well intentioned, but it snowballs into this horrific situation where people don't know how to have honest discourse anymore. And when they do, there's still a little bit of dishonesty they keep in their pocket. I feel, So, Dave, I'm, I'm just have that up because I want you to ask, why are you trying to win? Who are you talking to and what do you mean? I, I don't know. If, 
sometimes we don't remember what you say after you say it. And I don't know if anybody said that. So can you explain that a little bit better? Um, you have to just be yourself and let the rest roll off. The problem with that, though, is Penny, is as, as we've seen, and I'm just going to, with the billboard we put up, is all of a sudden, because I put up a billboard with a very clear message, I support police, not, I didn't, I don't say I support bad and horrible police and corruption and all. I said I support police, and now I'm a racist. I'm, uh, uh, I mean, people, and they're doing exactly what he said, um, is they're trying to ruin me because we disagree and they now want to tear me apart. And I don't understand that. Um, you know, it was funny to me, I was saying this on a thing today. I've been in this town for so long and I have been, I was actually made president of the city club of Eugene because I, as a Republican at the time, had more friends in diverse communities than anybody else did. And so that's what they wanted. And now, and, and the Sikh community, I love the Sikh community, used to invite me all the time to come do speaking. And I was a Christian at the time. I mean, I was, a, but they, they knew that, you know, so all of a sudden, all those years, and all of a sudden you start standing up to some of the COVID stuff and you start standing up to some of the, 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 the atmosphere we have now in our culture. And I'm, I'm, people are trying to erase and cancel you, you know, and that's, and what you're saying is they, it's true. They can try to destroy you. They're, they were looking for plausible deniability versus leadership. I think there's a there's an onus that comes with being in leadership, um, but there's also there's a legitimate just onus with comes that comes with being human. Like you know, we gather, we do things to encourage one another, and we also do things in fear and in isolation and like, you know, we need to have a well-rounded conversation about what we're actually doing versus what we are ideologically thinking we're doing. Like, what are the actual repercussions of this? You know, like what happens when we pick and choose who the winners are, what that should look like exactly and for whom and when, and we start micromanaging um, to a certain degree our freedoms to where it's like, well, how do we, how do we walk this back? You know, if we're wrong, do we admit we're wrong and how we handled this? And I think there's a lot of well-intentioned people with um, just an overabundance of unwillingness to share, you know? Do you think, because I, I see this in both parties, um, is all of a sudden the right gets so right that it's like, this is the only way and you can't, you know, I am not going to give up and I, you're not going to take this away from me and that kind of thing. And then on the other side, on the left, you see the same kind of thing is it's, it's maybe that's what people mean by winning. Um, okay, right. hold on. Let's look at some other questions here. You can have different beliefs, views, and still be kind to people. Absolutely. It really is not hard. I don't understand the hate. I, uh, oh God, that's a cool name. Bronwyn. Bronwyn. I don't, I don't understand it either. I was flabbergasted yesterday. Uh, send a message me for a reading in full depth. Oh, okay. Uh, Kelly, so message me. Palm Street or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Dave, <laughs> message me for, how, how is, uh, yeah, somebody's like got a bunch of stuff on here. All right. Okay, here's, it's hard to share the spotlight when you have always been center stage. It's a big stage with room for everyone. Just because someone else has the spotlight doesn't make, does not make you less of a star. All stories should be heard and have their time in the spotlight. Well, I think that's wishful thinking, um, but there's a, a thing, you know, such as brevity and like, you know, as much as everyone's story matters to some degree, some of it literally just isn't as applicable. There is no utopian solution for doing the right thing. Like some people's feelings are going to get hurt. There's going to be some missteps. 
but there needs to be movement and momentum. But getting caught up in the final result and what that should look like for everyone across the board, like that's dangerous. You know what okay. I mean? That's, that's an interesting thought. So that's really what's going on now is here's where group A wants to get. Right. And it doesn't matter how we get there. We're going there. And, right. And that's on there regardless. And like, you know, I would challenge anyone to like, hey, figure out which side I'm on. Well, guess what? I didn't choose sides. You know, sides are being chosen for me. Like the minute I open my mouth Thank and you. I just dis I disagree with someone or if I decide to do that or if I even use a word like um, virtue signal and they're like, oh, that's it. We got them. We got them because he used that word. Well, how did I learn that word? Oh, well, that was in the headlines. Well, what what was that? What does that mean? Oh, okay. Um, what about slacktivism? There's all this jargon and terms and labels being thrown around. And I, I feel like, uh, you know, people are being forced. They're being right. forced into camps. Well, if you do this, and it's obviously that, and there's these all-inclusive determining things being placed upon them. And they're not allowed that middle ground. You know, it's like, well, if you're not forced and you're against this, well, like, well, maybe I'm undecided or maybe I'm just not as easily manipulated or as convinced, or maybe I, you know, I'm going to stand on my own merit and maybe I don't have to fall under this all encompassing umbrella. You know, if you want to talk about co-opting, let's talk about the fact that people can't even believe what they want to believe. Right. You know, to the degree that, you know, it's like uh, critical thinking is at stake, you know, and it's like, well, you should do your research, you should do this, you should do that. Well, you know, you should also give me space to grow and realize that, you know, maybe you need space to grow too. You know, time, experience, circumstances, we all come to the table with something, some kind of baggage, like life is a trip for a reason. Right. And uh, we're <laughs> learning along the way, you know? Hold on, oh my gosh. Sure. Okay, sorry. Is anyone guys. upset? Let's address the angry folks in the crowd. Like, let's deal with all the hecklers right now. Um. <laughs> They're probably expecting us to, you know. Tired of the anti-white movement. You don't stop racism by being racist against another group. Can I say something to that? I, is that, is that okay? You know what, so, dude? You can say you know, whatever you want. This is something I, I've, I've been meaning to say and want to have some notes on um, and, and just kind of share this. But, like, I think part of the biggest problem is when people think of racism, the first thing they think about is black and white. Like, they just immediately start going into their favorite you know, contrast, and I think literally contrast is part of it, maybe because it's the most extreme of the color spectrum or whatever, but it's almost like picking your favorite fighter. You know, it's like, ooh, well, this drama, this beef is, it's juicy, but this one, this one's the clincher. This is the moneymaker. This is the one that's going to sell tickets while there's people sitting back, kind of relieved that, you know, black people and white people are really kind of going at it. But it doesn't start there. Like that, that would be my first request. Like realize, you know, we have a collective history and cultures from around the world have been making headway and they've also been taking steps backwards, but we've been doing each other wrong for a long period of time, you know, just as a, as a species, you know, like coming to terms and coming into agreement, like, it's not as much in our nature as people act like it is. Like turmoil is a part of life. Right. You know, we go through changes and I think we need to realize that. Well, uh, Dave on here, Dave says all the time, and I love this saying of his, is he's always saying there is one race, it's the human race. And 
why can't we get back to that idea that we're not at odds with each other? I don't feel like I'm at odds with the black community. And the only time I ever feel that way is when people come on here, usually white, and tell me how racist I am and everybody knows. And then I find out people are in the, behind my back are saying, oh, well, he said this, but it's what you were saying too. It's because I put up a billboard supporting police that X, that equals racism. And that's not true. And well, that's not how I feel. I'll say, I'll say this, you know, um, be honest. <laughs> I had, yeah, I have, I have a friend, you know, she's in law enforcement. I have several friends that are in law enforcement and just, so, you know, just because I know one or have one friend, I know that doesn't, you know, like we're not talking about all the bad apples of this and that. I'm just talking about community members because guess what? They're a part of our community too. Now, whether you agree with, you know, how community policing and or whatever term you want to use, she's a friend, she's a public servant, she's doing the community a service. Um, she, you know, had cancer. I won't even say her name, but she had cancer and the community of officers in her community, because they're not separate things, came out to support her at my event that I put on. That was very inclusive, very oh, family friendly. We police. had 27 uniformed police officers come out. And when people got word that there were officers at my event, now, mind you, these are people that didn't come in the first place, but they had very strong feelings and opinions that the people who came out to support my friend and me at an awareness event put on for the community when everything else was being canceled, like they had a lot to say about what I was doing and the fact I was doing things in public. I say this, you know, I think community is where we heal, you know, like we need to be able to gather and support each other in isolation or in togetherness, however that looks wherever your comfort level is, people need to be able to do that. And they supported her. I supported her, but I didn't get the support from a lot of the so-called supportive folks who say they want to see the diversity and everything else. So they, did they not support it because the police were there? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I would say they were already in the process of not supporting it. A lot of people were idle on the fence and a lot of them were concerned and afraid for you know various reasons and that's fine but it was a public event and the people that put the stipulations on showing up um it happens often it's like well if you put this hashtag on your stuff we'll support it actually we'll help finance and i said you know um this is about the community it's not really about just my brand or my personal image or beliefs or or, or even yours really i want to keep that separate um it's about the community as a whole not just the consumers or whatever, but the business folks. I deal with sponsors. I deal with all walks of life. I deal with different organizations and I try to bring them together in a public place so that we can talk and be in a community setting instead of a clinical setting. Let me backtrack a little bit. Okay. So I, I raise awareness for like narcolepsy. I started a nonprofit and I've he I've has narcolepsy. A, yeah. And so I have a medical condition that I've tried to raise awareness from uh, about in this community because I got diagnosed here. I'm not from here, but I do a lot to give back because I'm grateful and I don't want to see people have the same missteps as I do. And um, it's just something that I believe in. And it was a part of what I needed. So I wanted that to remain there for others. And so when they cancel, like literally everything, I'm like, oh, my gosh how are people going to be reacting in isolation when they might just need a hug or they might need community support? I'm not going to treat everyone like lepers. I wouldn't even treat the lepers like lepers. You know what I mean? Just because I'm so afraid or so worried 
that if we get together, you know, it's all going to end bad. And like, I think there's a lot of people overreacting, um, not out of uh, concern per se, as much as fear, genuine fear. And, you know, self-preservation is important, you know, and so that might be a rational behavior. But so is keeping your doors open. So is keeping your business open. So is keeping food on your table. So is trying to do something as a community to survive and get past some of these hurdles. So I want to talk to you about education. So sure. What I, you know, I think we hear a lot. Somebody told me to quit folding my arms. I got to tell you, when I was in the news business, they told me, don't move your hands like that. Uh-huh. And then I quit, quit being me. I'm going to fold my hands. It doesn't mean I'm closed. And I'm rocking in the chair. Um, I might and, rock myself and to sleep. I, this has to be natural. And this is natural for me. So if that bothers you, just close your eyes and listen. Um, so it, there's a lot of talk in education right now. And how do we bring, I mean, I really do believe, I, I was talking to a friend of mine today and they were talking about some, some black history in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't horrible history, but it was something I had no clue of that, that that's pretty norm. I mean, that you probably know about, and I can't remember what it is specifically right now, but how do we bring more black education into our schools without, why do we always have to take something away? It's like, you know what I mean? And I'm just going to be really blunt about it. It feels like, okay, in order to put black education in, we have to get rid of white education. What if we, because you know, what, what if we bring these two together and say, and it's the same with statues. We tear down white statues. Why in the hell aren't we putting up black statues? There's enough black people that even I can think of people I've known in our community that did cool things. Why aren't we putting that in to add to it to say, you know what, folks, culturally, we've missed this. We need to put this in. But when you have to keep ripping things out, to me, then all you do is cause conflict. And it's like, because we want all or nothing. It's either you do it our way or no way. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I would say, how do we do that? Well, you know, like I said, I don't or have should all we the, do that. I mean, do, I, I was going to say, I don't have all the answers, but I do think, you know, there should be some reminders in place. Not so much as we're heralding these individuals who have a sordid past, but as a reminder, like, are we going to tear everything down that stems from some sort of controversial thing? I think, you know, you leave some there as conversational pieces. Um, I wouldn't want that job of picking and choosing, but you start by one, having more of an honest education about what happened, but let's focus a little bit more on like, one, are we teaching these kids right? Are we teaching them well? Are we so focused on these things and how they get funded and and meeting these benchmarks more so than we are making sure the students are comfortable learning, teaching them how to learn? Like I, I, you know, I think we, teach to the test and now we're trying to teach to the test for morals and positioning and what they believe in. We're, we're not even allowing them to develop in a healthy way at times. Right. Um, I think they need to do less, focus on the truth, um, incorporate just the truth. Like it, it'll sort itself out. But I, I remember going to school and like, Maybe I should share my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't do. like please learning do. and all the standpoints had to be, or the starting points had to be like from, well, you know, black history is starting from slaves. We all watched Roots. I went to a predominantly white school. And I, I can tell you this, there was a lot of amazing folks there. But at that time, and kids can be cruel, like they didn't care as much. So whatever this empathy people were expecting by shoving it down everybody's throats, it kind of backfired. And it was really difficult. 
And so I was uncomfortable, you know, and I can think like, well, you know, the history is the history. It's a collective history. Maybe we spread it out. Maybe we just be honest about world history and try to, you know, from a, a standpoint that's maybe not as entirely Eurocentric, but if we're teaching U.S. history, let's be honest about it. Right. Quit trying to take out all the controversy. That's the interesting stuff. Like, right. people have done... Well, if you go to a movie, isn't the best part that, you know, when you're learning? Well, it's like the, the stuff that doesn't work out quite right because we're supposed to learn from that. Right. We are. And I just think there's room to have a bigger conversation. But I also think that we need to narrow our focus on what we're trying to do with these children because they're being inundated and oversaturated with a lot of information. And there isn't enough. I don't want to say cleanup, but there isn't enough aftercare. Like what happens when you just put all that in a kid's face? Right. You know, I'm not just talking about to the black kids. I'm talking about to the white kids, to all the other kids. And I'm saying black and white because, you know, that's what people want to hear. Right. Like either cover it right, cover more of it. Or, you know what? Maybe leave it for people who are going to do it better than you. You know, there's a lot of things we're trying to cram into the education system um, that are important. But how we do it should be important, too. And you can't just put a black face on it and say, OK, we checked that box. Like, you know, so let me ask you something else. So do you um, do you feel funny like um, <clears throat> graduating this? Everyone in a way overstimulated. Where is the health in that? The joy of learning. But do you feel like so ever since this kind of perked up all this, you know, the stuff with race and all that I'll see you know I'll see um, I, I actually and, and, and I, I hesitate to say this because people are so oh don't worry if it's a question that's a little like well no, no. I, I I know a lot of black people in this community and I, mm -hmm. I hang out with there's kid you know some guys at the gym that are black and 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 but now after this I feel like if I go up and say to a, a black person on the street hey how you doing which is my you style too much about it. I then, whatever whatever your but here's my question is, is I'm afraid what are, are they gonna think that now I'm just being nice because you know who it is? It's white people. They look at you or the, the advocate people are like, oh, see, even when I had you on the last time and somebody else, some of the advocate, they were already in the comments some of the advocate people already came on and said, oh, what'd you do? Go find your black friend. Mm -hmm. And we've known each other for a long time. So screw you. And I, that irritates me because it's like I'm not the, the assumption is have we become so negative that we're looking for. And I'm sure in this whole interview, people that hate me are looking to see, oh, look how he treated Andre. Oh, see, he asked him that. He was trying yeah. to get him to do that. And we are seriously having a real conversation. Well, I'm, how do we get past that as a culture? I mean, I can ignore those people. I don't give a shit. But but in terms of they, so they're running stay, the conversation. So to stay on focus, like, how should you address your black friends? Right. Address them like you would address anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot more weird stuff happening and going on right now. We're in, like, this awkward phase. Um, and that's everybody. Like people are just trying to get back to socializing, even close to normal. COVID, right? Like, yeah, there's some people who actually stayed home for the whole time, which I don't know how they did he that. Did no, did I, I did. I'll be honest. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a lot of people coming out of this with genuine concerns and fears, and like literally, that's what they've been fed. And they have a lot of well-intentioned things that there's a lot of ego vested in being right. And you know, maybe you're compassionate, maybe you're you're very concerned, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it's okay to have a disagreement with each other, like how you pursue, 
your thought process is how you came to that conclusion. We all got here some kind of way, um, but your way to get here doesn't negate my being here. Right. You know, like what? So what would your advice be to people in the white community um, just in terms of dealing with all that's going on right now? You know, I would say, you know, I, I really don't want to give too much advice to the white community. Um, you know, I'll just call them community and I'll just say this. If you want to support black people, don't be so specific in how you support them. What does that mean? Um, like, for instance, I had a lot of people asking me literally, you know, I'm, I'm really concerned and they're inboxing me. They're calling me like, you know, what, what, what book should I recommend, you know, for supporting um, anti-racism and this and that and whatever, you know, what black authors do you know? And what what book would you recommend reading? I'm like, mine. I write children's books. I happen to be black. I know it's not like angry fist pumping or whatever you're expecting, but support me. If you want to support a black person, support a black person because you want to support a black person. Somebody you, maybe if you, you want know, to support a, con, a, a certain narrative, then find out the subject matter. Find out, like, are they qualified? Like, even if they think they're qualified, is the quali qualification just because they're black? What is the quality? Support yeah, what you oh, want to support, crazy, huh? but don't like just look for, I'm going to go look because isn't that kind of racist? If I'm going to go look for a black person to support so I can say I, I'm well, there's a underlying, I think, willingness. And I think a lot of people do it. You know, they want to be supportive. They want to grow, but they want to know what that looks like. And there's too many people, I think, willing and ready to tell them exactly how they should proceed. Um, I had books translated into Spanish. There was people that jumped all over me because I wanted to provide someone Cinco de Mayo to um, a, a white owned business to promote um, the fact that there might be an additional Spanish population there. Like, did I translate it because of Cinco de Mayo? No, there's a need in that community. We Do I speak Spanish? No, but I knew there was a need and I paid to have it translated, but there were so many people willing to jump on me and you know question my intentions and this business's intentions i'm like look businesses are trying to who are these stay people? open with these not naming but these advocacy groups um you know i think it was concerned people in general because yeah you know there's all these characterizations and everything else and and the timing of it is like okay i could see their timing being an issue well the timing of it being an issue but guess what I do this 365 days a year. I'm out in the community 365 days a year doing the same types of things and people pick and choose when they want to get offended and when they want to support and when they don't. If you're going to judge me, judge yourself, you know, <laughs> ask yourself, why are you, uh, you know, tuning in on Flag Day, Yom Kippur and this and that and trying to siphon you know, times out of the headlines as to when you're going to be upset and, and what your talking points and click pace arguments are going to be like, quit trying to set me up. You See, know, I think that's like with people <laughs> that don't listen. It's this is what I used to say this before. When I was back as a news guy, is I say, if you go into a room and you and I are having a conversation and while you're talking, I'm thinking of the next question. I'm not listening. Your ears have to be open and your mouth has to be shut. And, and I think we do that with people all the time. It's like, I noticed that yesterday. It's like people just waiting to jump and they didn't hear anything you said. And so, so this leads to a question to me is, do you think we're too careful? I think sometimes our attention span is short. You know what I mean? And people have 
this point they want to make and they're trying so hard to remember. Maybe some of that is unintentional and they're waiting to respond. But I think, you know, there's there's a piece to that that maybe we're just not good listeners at times. Like it's okay to grow in your communication skills and to get better, but you have to find out and people have to be willing to be honest about you know how they're coming across or perceived, but we're not all professionals. Like, is there an exact way to do this that works for everyone? You know? But and when I say careful, do I mean are we being too careful to have, you know, I'm my wife is the first one to say I am like I will go up to anybody that I have a question I'm curious about and ask questions. But as a culture, we've become too careful being close to each other, maybe. You know what I mean? And yeah. and you know, talking to people that are um, in any kind of different situation than we are. You know, whether it's skin color, whether it's uh, mental facility capabilities, whether it's disabilities, with it. I mean, we're we need to get back to being human, as as David says, <laughs> the human race. And stop looking at all these other things. But it seems like a lot of times it gets to just, you know, like with what's going on in the, with the billboard is it's it comes down to, okay, now Rick's a racist. And it's like, you're not even asking me questions. You're just assuming those things. And we need to broaden that conversation because that's just kind of, it's short-sighted. And it's just, it's, it's, it's not giving an opportunity to really hear the whole story, you know? Well, I'll say this, Rick, if you are a racist, don't ever let me find out because it would ruin our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) I I promise I I won't. Um, I don't think it's my responsibility to determine when someone finally gets it. And I don't think it's a lot of people's responsibility to take that kind of pressure on themselves. You know what I mean? Like, let's focus on you know, where we're trying to go, if you're trying to be more heart-centered, be more heart-centered, but understand, you gotta get your heart broken because we can't bring everybody along at the same pace. Right. You have to allow people, and I don't mean allow like in a point of privilege way, but allow people room to grow in their own rights of passage. Like that's a part of culture. Where did that part go? Yeah. You know, everybody has to be like even that. keel, you know, all the time. We have to have it all figured out. You know, we just watch, very openly on social media, a lot of our friends have breakdowns and their relationships being destroyed and like we're expecting them to get it right. Like there's a lot of reasons to get it wrong. Like let's do our part, do what we can to be better humans, but realize there's there's an opportunity for that, even in disagreement. Right. You know. So where can people, um, one person wants to know where you got your shirt. They, I saw them on here and they said. Oh, it's, it's local. Google it. Positive energy. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. It's a friend of mine. Um, yeah. Well, he, he now, it's an undershirt. It's he, an undershirt. He now owes you and me money. We just sold his shirt. <laughs> so positive energy. If you, if you Google that, whoever said that, um, you can, you can find that out. So, um, one other thing I just saw ocean right on here. It is the funniest thing is we are, we become a culture that looks at our differences and then tries to, thinks we're going to find uh, camaraderie. When, when when you and I become friends, I'm not looking at how we're different. I'm looking at, oh, you like that? Yeah, I like that. We, I mean, we kind of There's find both. It. Why, how, yeah, but, you know. And then you put up with the, you know, then you find out, like, he goes, oh, yeah, Rick's like this. But once you, you what brings people together often is stuff that we have in common, where you came to me and you had the chef thing and I had my show. And I'm going, this will be fun. And it was. And then we became friends. So it wasn't, but it, it wasn't like, Andre's over here. Oh, I'm going to do something nice for a black man. 
it was like, no, you had a really cool story. You were a chef and, and, and then we got it together and, and that became a friendship. And I think sometimes we need to get back to that kind of thing finding our, the things that we have in common rather than always going, well, that you have this and then I did this and I was on the news and you did this job. That, that's not how people become friends. I don't think that's right. part of living, but it's not how, what brings us together. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a good friend. I, I use the term friends a little too much too often. And I explain, you know, to my youngest son, I'm like, Hey, you know, that takes time. That takes situations. Like if you go around giving everyone instant credit that they have your intent, like I'm not trying to train him to be a victim. I'm not trying to right. be disingenuous to the point where I'm setting him up for a failure in making him emotionally vulnerable. Right. Like as a human. Yeah. As a human, just, yeah. Like just in general. So I try to pick my words carefully, but I also try to give people the benefit of a doubt, but not so much that, you know, it's going to cause problems that they would not, you know, even give me the courtesy. Like, you know, <laughs> I have to laugh at the comment section. Like when I just posted, I was going to be on your show because I think there was an expectation there. You know that i was going to teach you a lesson and like you know it was like going to be this me versus you thing and you know I, I hate to disappoint but these kind of conversations i'm i i invite anybody to have them with me like even more so in private because right. like over coffee or something yeah, which you do with you our know, friend joe real, we like, have a lot yeah. of we have a lot of in common friends mm -hmm. and um and and you know i find him with joe at the having a beer somewhere and they're having a deep conversation. Then Joe's writing me going, oh, my God, Andre's so amazing. We were talking about this today. And that's how this stuff goes. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I would think it was comical, the comments that were on your page, except for I found it so distressing that people, and, and I'm just, uh, not for you, but just that, that, that you really think that that was a setup on both of our part. And it's like you, you, you need to understand not all white and black people have that kind of a relationship. And I don't think most do. But it's like this expectation that this is going to be this. And it's like you and I just were going, we should do this and really talk about some of these issues just together because we know each other well. I'm not going to bring on people go, why don't you have so-and-so from the NAACP come on and do this? Well, there has to be a trust level there. And it's not that I don't trust the NAACP, but I want to know what I don't want to be filleted. And I trust you and I know you're not going to fillet me and you trust me and no, I'm not. That's how we can have. Well, I was, I was ready for it. I was ready for like, <laughs> I mean, I gotta be honest, you know, I don't mind the tough questions. I don't mind, you know, being in disagreement. Like that's just me. Like I'm okay with that. Right. And I'm glad you didn't cherry pick me to be on your show, nope. you know, and we like just for full disclosure, we don't agree on everything. No, Guess what? We don't have to. And like, but, a lot of that is our business. Like I don't have to air out everybody else's dirty laundry or, and I surely hope they would have the courtesy not to air out all of mine. Right. Like I'm okay with not agreeing with people. And that's why I have, you know, the perceived friends that I do is because I'm not out there, you know, I hope I can say this, busting everybody's balls and, or whatever the, you know, other gender counterparts you want to use to, you know, be inclusive. Like I'm not out there busting everybody's chops, right you now, and that's it. Like I don't want to. I, I want to be able to get support out in the community, get the word out, and and do things in a way where 
my hand isn't being forced into a certain ideological camp in order to have a voice, in order to have a platform, in order to gain support. Like, I think the dangers here are we're going to support black people, but they have to be angry. It has to be victimization. We have to hashtag social justice to it or whatever. Um, I'm not trying to set anyone back by not being super vocal about certain things. Like people don't know me. Like I used to draw black and white pictures out of National Geographic's and I was very culture centered. I was reading about stuff in school that wasn't being taught and wondering why it wasn't being taught. But I took that initiative myself. I spent you know, my spare time in the libraries. I, you know, read about Dr. Francis Cress Welsing and all these esteemed uh, folks. And I tried to be culturally competent, but here's the thing. Everything that you learn is something that was already there that someone else is telling you. Even the words in our, our, our language that we describe our circumstances, it's already there for us. You know, there's already a certain element of trust that what we're pulling from is to some degree correct, you know? Like, it's okay to get it wrong. So let me ask you this, kind of a hard question. Sure, sorry. So if you're educated on this, you educate. I'm not an expert. No, but <laughs> if you wanted to, if you had the qualifications, mm -hmm which I think you do, but I mean, it just, it, would would a school district or someone like that hire you to come in and do that? Or is it, would you be, and, and and this is the part that's gonna probably get me in trouble, but I'm just saying, are you not radical enough? You know, I can say that the school districts that I'm already involved in and what I do, they're very embracing and welcoming because they're, they're seeing, you know, and it isn't just me, that, like I wrote children's books. Another organization. And we'll tell you how to get those. Yeah. In another organization, you know, they wrote curriculum. They're the educators. They wrote the curriculum around the books. They saw value in it and they shopped it around and then they approached me with it. And I was pleased and grateful. I don't want to be the expert. I don't really want to do that particular piece because one, there's going to be a whole slew of qualifications and it isn't just because I'm black. It's going to be because there is a set of particulars that people have in mind that they want to see and a certain thing that they want to teach and all these check marks. And, and that's where it gets. You wouldn't fit into that. I don't know if I'd be black enough. You know, I don't know if I'd be black enough for the people who are always hung up on that. And um, I don't know if I would be credentialed enough because, you know, my life experience, maybe it, it doesn't hold as much value and it doesn't look good on a CV document. I don't know. No. Um, I know that I have real life experiences. I know I have some great teachers. Um, and, and actually, uh, there's one particular person, I won't mention his name, but he used to be a doctor for the Black Panther Party back in the day. This was one of my mentors, right? And so there was a lot of opportunities for me to get a well-rounded approach um, to how I address things. There was a lot of opportunities to be bitter and angry and all these things. And, you know, I don't choose that for myself. I don't choose that for my kids, but I want them to have an honest outlook on life and position them for success the best way that I can, but not to rely on me to be the best way. Right. You know, this is a to be continued situation. And this is a to be continued conversation as well. We've got to do this. Like once a month, we should do this. Just kind of push the envelope a little. 
I think it would be helpful. A little. Now, now tell people how, yeah, a little, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andre's going, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> tell people how they can get a hold of you and your book, um, just because I know you didn't come on here to do that, but I want you to have that opportunity because I'm sure there's people out here that are looking right. going, I want to do that. Well, you know, first of all, I want to say the books, you can Google Chef Andre Royal. Um, one book is The Hippo Critic, and the other book is Little Big Bear. They're written in a way where it's not just tailored to reading level. I, I wrote them so that people can color in them and, you know, really fall in love with the book without it being so stipulated to be on reading level. I have, now this is a to be continued thing, but um, I have a passion for literacy and learning and I want that to be a positive experience for people. Um, and like, let's, let's take some of the hate out of there and some of the venom and, and have some honest, genuine conversations. And uh, let's leave the kids out of some of the drama, you know, um, let them be kids for a little bit, let them, uh, let them learn. And uh, let's just find a way to do better, you know. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. Nice having you here. Really good having you on. Um, thanks, you guys. Take this. Share it on your page. Here's what I always tell people. You never know if somebody's going to come on and just go, oh, and pop that on. And they hear something um, that a light goes off and, and something new comes on. So that would be a really cool thing to do on your end. We also want to thank the Hydrate Bar and Chelsea over there. Um, if you guys are looking for recovery, not from drugs and alcohol, but recovery from an athletic workout or a hangover, I guess that would be alcohol, um, that they're down uh, right near the University of Oregon campus. Check out the Hydrate Bar, and uh, it, I tell you, it makes you feel really, really good. Ocean Dweller, uh, we don't know who that is, but his dad said to tell you, Steve says to tell you hi. Hello, Steve. Ocean, it's Steve Ocean, Ocean Dweller, Dweller. Senior. Thanks, you guys. Love this. <laughs> <laughs> that buddy. All right. Um, okay, again, and tomorrow we will be on at 5 o'clock, and I've got Rudy, my fr friend Rudy, the comedian, coming on. It's sponsored by Renegade Barber Company, and he's going to come on and talk about covid um, not being working for a long time. He's back on the road and he's a super funny guy. But one of the things we're going to ask him about is this guy took so many pictures during COVID with his cats. And I'm a little concerned that he has become that cat person. So we're going to have that I already warned him and he's going to come in with some jokes about that. So there you go. Um, so anyway, all right. Thanks again. Hey, thank you all. All right. Have a good night. And remember,